Welcome to the Sparked Podcast, a place to keep your spark bright. Here I've brought together my most powerful tips from the last decade plus partnering with small businesses on all things leadership, mindset, people and culture. Here my approach combines intuitive psychology, strategy, neuroscience and results-based coaching to unlock your highest potential. Step into your power and truly own your role as a leader so that you can spread the positive impacts of your purpose-led work everywhere. My name is Emma Campbell. I'm a mindset and performance coach for purpose-led leaders. I'm a mama to two cheeky little munchkins. I'm a wine appreciator, nature-obsessed, stubbornly optimistic child at heart, and I'm here to inspire belief in what's possible for you because it is all so possible. I hope that this podcast leaves you feeling lighter, more inspired, and more ready than ever to go out there and take actions on your big dreams and vision. I can't wait to dig in. See you in the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. So excited to talk to you guys today about the concept of people pleasing. (laughs) It's funny, this is a topic that I feel like has just revolved around my orbit recently. I have been in conversations about it with friends, with leaders. Um, I've heard podcast episodes about it. I just feel like it's been this topic which has centered my universe a bit lately. And when that, when those sort of things happen, I kind of just take it as a sign from the universe that this is something that I need to talk about. This is something that I need to explore, that I need to share and that I, I absolutely know deep in my bones is such a needed mindset shift. Um, for a lot of a lot of you out there you know this whole concept of like first of all what is people pleasing and how how is it playing a part in our lives in sometimes a bit of a damaging way and as definitely a self-confessed recovering people pleaser there is a lot that i've learned on this topic through my coaching journey as well as just like you know tools and tips that i've picked up along the way in first of all, like reframing your relationship with people pleasing and how, how do I, how I guess to like recover from being a bit of a people pleaser. Um, so that's what we're going to work through today is one, the mindset shift that you've been looking for around people pleasing and, um, how, how to actually like tactically or practically move through, I guess from being a people pleaser to actually asserting what your own needs are. So first of all, I'm going to jump into what is people pleasing? And in a nutshell, look, I didn't, I didn't jump onto Google definition. This is just a, a, a definition that I, that I speak and that I know, and that is people pleasing is choosing to prioritize someone else's needs over your own. Also known as saying, which is, I guess it's basically saying that someone else, someone else's needs are more important than your own. 
So by prioritizing someone else's needs over your own, what you're kind of saying to yourself is that that other person's needs are more important than my own. Where, where does people pleasing come from? You may, you may be able to guess this depending on how, um, how evolved your, your self-development journey is, but essentially people pleasing runs deep. It does tend to be a little bit more of a female behavioral style. Not always. There's definitely some real people pleasing, um, behaviors out there from guys, but it does tend to be a little bit more prevalent in females a lot of that due to social conditioning during parenting and childhood and something that i would i haven't actually looked this up so don't quote me on this but something that i would be quite confident and comfortable in saying is that i I would believe that that people pleasing aspect or i guess another another way of looking at it is um you know a real awareness of what other people's needs are and doing your best to to please those and and look after those and and nourish those i would say that quality or that ability also has a little bit of a genetic predisposition to it or a or a biology aspect to it and i say that because just noticing my two children growing up they are absolute polar opposites on the people pleasing spectrum <laughs> And I was even saying this to my parents yesterday, like when I ask Oscar to do something, um, <laughs> he, he is just the definition of resistance to anything that I want him to do. I mean, yeah, he is a toddler. Um, but look, from the get go, that aspect of his personality of testing, of challenging, of let's just say not people pleasing. <laughs> and knowing exactly what he wants and what he needs, he is on the absolute opposite end of the spectrum to Hazel. Hazel moved into this world with just ease and grace and complete awareness of what other people wanted and needed. Um, You know, (laughs) I asked Hazel to go and grab her shoes from the front door so that I can help her put them on. And she runs off, she grabs them, she brings them back to me. And then she says, you know, where do you want me to sit so that I can, um, you know, be of greatest, greatest service to you, mum. You know, she's just from the get go, she has, um, she's got that more people pleasing tendency within her. And this is not something that I have, you know, tried to nourish or bring out in her, even though I will definitely admit that there's no doubt some unconscious social conditioning that probably plays a part um, that I don't even notice that I'm doing, you know, rewarding those sort of behaviours in in girls or, or and perhaps in boys as well. Um, but say, for example, I ask Oscar to do the same thing and he'll... Um, you know, go and kick a beanbag and then throw his shoe across the other side of the room. Um, and if he, and if he, on those rare, rare occasions that he does bring me the shoes, you know, I, I'll reward that behavior as much as I can. And in the same way that I would with Hazel, but there's just that regardless of the social, social conditioning piece, there is that genetic or bi, biology aspect, which no doubt plays a part. 
in those people-pleasing behaviours or tendencies. Um, so that was a little bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to give you an example of like where this stuff comes from, because it does, it runs deep, um, into our biology as well as our social conditioning. And, you know, it, it can come out as like being rewarded for that sort of behavior as a child, like, you know, for being the good girl or the one who does the nice thing, who's, who, who says the nice thing, who gives their, their spot in the, in the line to someone else. Um, you know, like if you're queuing for something, you know, being rewarded for that sort of behavior of putting someone else's needs first. Um, you know, it might be being rewarded for being the person who says all the right things to, to make another person feel nice or, um, you know, who uses their manners or whatever it might be like, in in this day and age like it at your age right now um people pleasing examples could look like you know saying yes to a party or a social gathering or a social event even though you don't want to go and you're exhausted and your body's saying rest <laughs> saying yes um and people pleasing behaviors could be in the workplace it could be you know saying yes to your boss or to a client about doing a piece of work even though you're you're at full capacity you're almost at burnout and you have absolutely no time to do the thing so that people pleasing can really play out in so many ways and why are we talking about this so as i was saying before it's a it's a topic that's come up a lot in conversations lately and one of the podcast episodes that i was listening to one of my favorites is called the imperfects if you haven't listened to it it is amazing and um they were talking on there about this concept of choosing harmony over truth choosing harmony over truth and apparently this guy called rick hansen was the first to sort of like coin or talk about this concept of choosing what brings harmony over choosing what is truth to you in a particular moment and i'll explain a little bit more about what that actually means and what it can look like but essentially it's a tendency for us to choose in the short term what might feel like a nice and easy and pleasant uh, response or action of you know saying yes to a party or saying yes to your boss about the work in the name of harmony and peace over having to speak your truth about how you're really feeling and what you really think and what's really going on for you and really getting in touch with what's what's going on with your emotions and your needs on the inside which can be <laughs> a little bit tricky sometimes and as you might imagine, we can have this tendency towards choosing harmony over truth because in the short term, it's easier, right? In the short term, it can almost feel a bit amazing because you've, you've avoided 
a situation that may bring up some tension or some awkwardness or some uncomfortable feelings. And in the short term, it can, it can give you this, this illusion of feeling like you're still connected to the other person. You haven't brought your relationship with the other person who's asked you to the party or who's asked you to do the work. You haven't, you don't feel like you've disrupted that relationship. So in the short term, choosing harmony over truth can keep you feeling connected or loved or safe or all of those sort of feelings. But what happens in the long term? What happens in the long term of choosing harmony over truth is the more that you avoid having these conversations, the more that you avoid saying what's really going on for you, the more that you avoid saying the thing that you know that you need to and asserting your own needs, the more resentful you slowly but surely become about the person or about the thing. And in the long term, the less that you speak your needs, the less that the other person and that the people around you know what it is that you need because we can't read minds, right? So the less that other people know how you truly feel and what's really going on for you and what you actually need to be at your best, what you actually need to feel good and to feel happy and connected and whatever your body and your heart and your soul needs. So the less that you speak your needs and the more that you just choose hum harmony over truth, the more disconnected you actually ultimately become to not only yourself, but to the people around you. So an example in the workplace could look like, this is one I see a bit, is say an employee is not, like say you're a leader in an organisation and say, or actually, actually it could just be you're an employee in an organisation and you're noticing another employee is not performing in line with their expectations. Uh, sorry, not performing in line with your expectations of what their role requires them to do. And these expectations, these role expectations could be something that you've shared with them <laughs> previously, whether in like a role clarity card or when you first brought them on or whatever, or maybe not. Maybe those expectations are just something that are in your head and <laughs> you haven't actually communicated them to the person and you're just hoping and praying that somehow they're going to mind read and somehow like in just intuitively understand what it is that you need them to do. Regardless, let's just for the sake of simplicity, let's just say regardless, they're not doing the things that you want. This person, this person in your team, they're just not performing in line with your expectations. They're not doing the things you want them to do. They're not being the person you want them to be. Perhaps they're not stepping up in the way that you want them to. Maybe they're not speaking up in meetings the way that you'd hoped. Or perhaps they're not coming up with new ideas or being proactive enough in the ways that you need them to be. And 
rather than speak up about what you want or need from them specifically, instead your little inner people pleaser voice sort of takes control here and it forces you to, instead of speaking up, you stay quiet and you kind of convince yourself that maybe, you know, they'll, they'll, they just need some time and they'll get better in time. And you kind of, you know, support them. You say a few words, but inside you're actually feeling frustrated and you really hope and you really wish that they would step up, but you don't actually speak this to the person. And you tell yourself that you're being the good manager by, you know, not, not making them sad by avoiding an uncomfortable com- conversation, which could upset them. And you tell yourself that you're, you're the good manager for being patient and supportive, but there's a small part of you that feels just a tiny twinge of ugh, unsettledness or perhaps even frustration about the situation. And then let's say if you're a busy manager and you've got lots on your plate, a month goes by and you forget to have the conversation and you notice the same issue present again. You notice it, but you're busy. You know, you've got lots on your plate, you've got lots on, so you don't say anything. But maybe you mention it to your business partner or another manager. You sort of have a bit of a whinge to someone who's not the person about how frustrating it is that they're not doing the thing, but you don't mention it to the person. And then another month passes and you notice the thing again, but you're even more busy this time. You've got so much on, it's not priority and you're too busy to have that conversation. Now you're feeling so annoyed by the thing that you just avoid the person altogether. And you know that you need to talk to them, but you just, you need to find the right time. You need to book in the meeting and then another month goes by and then they do it again. They do the thing again. And this time when the thing happens, you snap at them. You have a crack at them. You don't like it. Some emotion just erupts out of you. And there's a part of you that just completely loses control. What happens then? the person is completely shocked and surprised. They have no idea that this is how you're feeling. They are completely upset. You feel frustrated at yourself for the way that you've reacted and the the relationship is damaged. The relationship is, is now impacted and now it's about trying to heal a relationship as well as trying to improve performance. You know, either, either it's that you snap at them, or if you really move into a, a passive style of communication, you actually avoid the person altogether and you decide never to give them any big responsibilities again. Regardless, not having the conversation from the get go, not speaking your needs or your truth about what's actually going on for you and what you need and what you want to see, not having that conversation has one way or or another led to disconnection and resentfulness. So that's an example of where in the short term, people pleasing brings this illusion of peace. But in the long term, 
people pleasing actually disrupts that peace even more and only brings further disconnection. I hope that that example sort of spoke to a few of you there because it can be a it can be an uncomfortable one to hear but so important to recognize the impact that people pleasing can have in the long term and essentially in a nutshell it's valuing someone else's needs over your own or in other words prior saying that someone else's needs are more important than your own in the name of maintaining harmony over speaking your truth and what is true for you. And essentially it's a passive style of communication and passive communication is exactly that. Passive communication says that someone else's needs are more important than your own. So you need to give up your own needs in the name of making the other person happy. And how do you move to assertive communication? So assertive communication is what? Assertive communication is about the balance of your needs being important as well as the other person's needs being important. So the the other end of the spectrum is aggressive communication and aggressive communication is when you, you believe that your needs are more important than another person's needs. And so you disregard what's going on for them and you just speak what's going on for you. But anyway, we won't go into, we won't go into detail about that one. What we want to talk about here is how, how to shift from passive communication and people pleasing behavior to speaking your needs, speaking your truth and communicating assertively about what you need, what you want, and what's going on for you. And essentially, in a nutshell, it's like how to have difficult conversations, right? So step one, and this this sounds like a really simple step, but can sometimes be one of the most difficult steps. So if you find this piece triggering or activating in any way, know that you're not alone. And um, that's where you can perhaps talk to a coach about this piece. Number one, you need to believe that your needs are important and worthy of being heard and listened to. I'm going to to repeat that again. Step number one in being able to shift out of people-pleasing towards assertively communicating your own needs is about believing and knowing that your needs are important. Your needs are important and worthy of being heard and listened to. And the reason why this can sometimes be a tricky step for people is that, as I said right at the start of the podcast, is this stuff runs deep. These, These messages could have been messages that you heard from childhood, whether it was verbally expressed or whether it was something that you just sensed or that you just picked up on unconsciously that your needs weren't as important as someone else in the family and that your role in the family was to please other people's needs. That, that stuff runs deep into our unconscious programming within our brain. So unplugging 
that belief and tuning into and strengthening the belief that your needs are important and worthy of being heard and listened to can sometimes take time. But that is step one, is to know your needs are important and worthy of being heard and listened to. Step number two is to then honour what comes up there. So to honour your own needs and to understand what they actually are. And if you haven't done this before, this might take a bit of practice. Um, Because if you haven't first embodied the belief that your needs are important, then it may be tricky for you to even know what those needs are. Like, what do you need in any situation? You know, this, this takes going within and tuning into your body and asking yourself the question, like, what's going on with me right now? How am I feeling right now? What does my body need? What does my heart need? What does my mind need? What does my soul need? Like, what am I feeling here? Do I need a holiday? <laughs> do I need more time? in the office to get more work done? Do I need a break out with all of my girlfriends? Do I need some one-to-one time with one of my children? Do I need a hot date with my hubby? Do I need more fun in my life? Do I need an adventure? Do I need some more learning and growth and you know expansion and inspiration and you know, exciting, uplifting people in my life. Do I need to go out for a run? Do I need some yoga? Do I need some meditation? Do I need some time on my own journaling? Do I need to laugh? Do I need to go to a comedy? Do I need a podcast? Do I need an audio book? You know, in order to answer the question of what you need, you need to first go within and ask yourself, how are you feeling and what's going on for you? journaling can be a really helpful place to start that process of developing self-awareness there. So that was step number two was honoring what comes up. So honoring your needs. Step number three is to then prepare for whatever action needs to occur from that place. So preparation is absolute key here. And say, for example, with that example I just gave you before around the employee, you know, not stepping up and not doing the things and you not having the conversation with them. Like perhaps the preparation piece here is just preparing for what sort of conversation you need to have with that person. And I am a big, big, big fan, like in all the workplaces that I I work at, uh, that I work at, I, you always hear me harp on about just prepare to have the conversation. Even if you don't have the conversation, just prepare to have it. Because just by getting clear in your mind of what you want to say, sometimes that's 80, 80% of it. Because sometimes it just, the, the thoughts and the emotions like swirl around inside of our brain and our heart um, and gets in such a jumbled mess that sometimes the things that we want to say aren't actually that scary or that hard to say, but when they're inside of our head, they seem bigger than what they are because we can't, you know, see them for what they are. So when you speak them out loud or when you write them down on a piece of paper or you share them with someone else, you you can actually see them for what they are with perspective and you can recognize that, ah, 
actually what I'm asking them to do is not that big a deal. Um, and it's quite simple and quite easy for me to share this. So just by preparing to have a conversation, getting your thoughts out on a piece of paper about like, you know, what's my intention for this conversation? What do I want to get out of this meeting with this person when I share my thoughts here? Um, that in itself can be so, so important. And a really handy framework to think this through is, is what I call the BIPI, um, B-I-P-I. And this is a variation from a company that I used to work with called Verizon. Shout out to Verizon if you're listening. Um, so crediting them as they created a, a framework called BIPC and which I've slightly varied to be BIPI, B-I-P-I for simplicity. And essentially this stands for um, behavior, impact, preference, impact. So behavior, impact, preference, impact. And it's a framework that you can think through to help you get really clear on what the behavior is that's not working for you right now, or what the behavior is that you feel like is an issue for you right now, what the impact is of that behavior. So why, why that behavior is causing an issue. The P for preference is what would you prefer to see instead? So if that behavior is the thing that you don't want, what do you want to see instead? What's the preferred way that you want them to do more of or, um, or to embody more of? And then the impact again is why, you know, why would that new preferred behavior be better? What would the benefits of that new behavior be? So I'll talk you through an example here with the example we were using before is if we were having this conversation with this employee from the get-go when we first started to notice that you know they weren't doing the thing that we wanted to what what that they weren't doing what we wanted them to do um say for example they weren't speaking up um during meetings we'll use that as an example using the bippy as a framework would look like when you don't so behavior when you don't speak up in meetings or engage or share your voice during, you know, group group collaboration sessions, the impact of this is, you know, I wonder what's going on for you. And it makes me makes me feel like perhaps you're you're not interested in what we're doing. My preference here would be that I'd really love to see you speaking up more. I know it can be really scary sharing your voice, thoughts and ideas in front of others but we know you have so much value to add. And we want to remind you that there's no right or wrong here. The purpose of meetings is for collaboration and connection, you know, and if we see you speaking up more, that way we get to benefit from your incredible input and the whole team gets to connect and hear your voice and we get to connect at a deeper level and ultimately reach a better outcome from the meeting by having more collaboration. So you can see how quick, simple, and powerful that BP tool is to one, get clear on what it is that you wanna share, like what your truth is and what you need from this person and just be able to play it out in such a powerful and clear way. So 
I've talked you through a bit of the practical stuff. We've talked about the mindset shift that's required in order to move from people pleasing into the opposite of that. And I just want to touch on this for one second here, (laughs) because one of the things that I personally love to do whenever I identify a behavior within me or a belief within me that I want to shift, first of all, you've got to one, identify what that limiting belief is or that limiting behavior is and kind of, you know, connect back to its core. And say, for example, with the people-pleasing part of it, is if you don't want to be a people-pleaser, if you want to be the opposite of a people-pleaser, we need to be able to know what the opposite of a people-pleaser is first in order to be able to move towards it, right? Because we can't just say, I don't want to be a people-pleaser because then all we're thinking about is not being a people pleaser. (laughs) So we're still focused on the thing that we don't want. And it's like saying, don't think of a purple elephant, right? What's popped up in your mind, the purple elephant. So we, we need to be able to shift to something completely different on the opposite end of the people pleasing spectrum in order to know what it is that you actually truly want and what you wanna be able to work towards. So what's the opposite of pleasing others? What's the opposite of pleasing another person? I wish I could hear you in the car or on your walk right now. I'm going to answer it for you because this is not a two-way conversation. (laughs) And that is the opposite of pleasing others is to please yourself to please yourself, to please your own needs, to please your own heart, to please your own desires, to please your inner essence, your inner self, your inner values, your inner desires. And that ultimately, when you act from that place, of knowing that your needs are just as important as another person's needs or even that your needs need to come first because when you put your own needs first it means that you can show up in a much better way for others around you right because if you put your own needs first it means that your your cup is full your energy is full you are able to be at your best self you are able to be empowered to feel empowered motivated confident you know you get to choose what it is that you want and what you need so you end up filling up your own cup and you end up being overflowing in energy and love and the ability to give to others and you actually end up being more of service to others than if you chose to put their needs first. Does that make sense? This is often a really, really big mindset shift for a lot of the leaders that I work with, particularly in the health or the care industry, where naturally in their core, they are very caring people who are often very focused on looking after other people's needs over their own. 
And it takes us a little bit of time to really unravel the thread of recognizing that when they honor their own needs first, when they meet their own needs first of resting, of meditating, of going on the holiday, of saying no to the social event, of having more fun, of going for the bike ride, doing the sport, whatever those things are that they need to be at their best, that when they nourish those things first and they fill up their own cup first, I know it sounds cliche, but it is so absolutely fucking true that when you fill up your own cup first, you are of more service to those around you than ever before. And when you try and fill up someone else's cup from an empty cup, there is just no good going on there. (laughs) You are draining yourself more. The other person is not getting anything from you because you've got nothing to give and you both end up feeling like shit versus you fill up your own cup, then you are just able to meet other people's needs so much more anyway. So it begs the question, right, of if people pleasing is about like, well, the opposite of it is coming back to pleasing yourself and and meeting your own needs. The question is, what are your needs? What do you need to be at your best? What do you need to be your best, most lit up, inspired, confident, empowered, like highest potential version of you? Like, what do you need to switch on that, that inner light and fire within you? Like we've all been there, right? You know, that feeling when you are lit up from within, where you are just on fire with energy and vitality and passion and inspiration and when you're in that state even your skin glows brighter you are just glowing and magnetic and so attractive to the right people and opportunities and you are literally like magnetizing goodness to you you are literally glowing from the inside out and it's It's funny, (laughs) this might not sound true, but it really, really is. I've actually found that when I'm meeting my own needs, like when I'm meditating, when I'm resting, when I'm really listening to what my, my true inner essence needs of me, I actually don't need skin cream. (laughs) I don't need makeup because my skin is clearer and more radiant than ever before. And I feel like It's during those times that I get a lot of compliments on how young I look. Uh, So it's, it's funny, like this stuff, like while it might sound a bit like intangible, you know, it can actually change your biology. It can change the cells within your body because we're talking about energy here and energy is like the greatest part of us, right? So really we're asking the question of like, what activates your inner spark? What activates that inner fire and light within you? So if you don't know, then you need to find out. You owe it to yourself to find out what that thing is that lights you up from the inside out. And that's why I'm putting the Find Your Spark program 
on sale for you for 14 days only. So just until middle of July, I'm going to put it on for 50% off. So it's usually $6.97 and I'm going to put it on sale for $349. So what is the Find Your Spark program and who is it for? This is for you if you're an employee, if you're a leader, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a mama, if you're a CEO, it is for anyone. If you feel like you are done with pleasing others and you're done with living life on someone else's terms and being the good girl and meeting everyone else's expectations or society's expectations of what they think you should do in order to be successful or admired or respected or whatever. This is for you if you're ready to reclaim what your soul truly wants out of life. If you want to create and design your own full life destiny, like if you want to be done with being stuck in the rat race of life, the constant treadmill of emails and to-do lists and ticking things off and never enough and just going through the motions of just ticking boxes and getting shit done in order to, I don't know, get ahead or be seen as successful. You know, this is for you if you want to reconnect with the truth of who you really are and why you are here in this life and what you most want to get out of this amazing life experience that we've been gifted. You know, this is the program that connects you to the blueprint of who you really are and what lights your DNA up. This is a short yet powerful course that will change the trajectory of your life forever. It's a course about discovery and self-awareness and reconnecting with the inner essence of who you are, of your purpose, your passion and your potential in this life. This is about reconnecting with your inner light, your inner essence, your true, true self, your soul, your purpose, your passion, your light, your fire. This is the program that activates your spark, that thing which lights you up from the inside out and which drives your whole experience here in this world. What you'll move through is expanding your mindset. So diving into neuroplasticity, how to wire your mindset for self-growth, belief and success. There's there's the discovery of your life pillars and your dreams, your needs, your big vision, your goals and what's most important to you. We uncover your true passions in life where you get to own your purpose work and your life mission and your big burning deep inner why. We unlock your unique gifts and potential, like your unique magic, your strengths, your zone of genius, and that area that you can have the greatest impact, not to mention greatest income in life. This is the program which will lead to you jumping out of bed every morning full of clarity, direction, meaning, and purpose with unshakable confidence about what you're here to do in life. Like imagine feeling so lit up from within 
knowing the work that you're here to do is exactly what you're meant to do in this life. Imagine feeling so inspired about your future that you're creating and empowered about the difference that you'll be making in someone else's life. A student that has been moving through the program right now literally sent me this voice message like a few days ago. She said, oh my God, Em, I'm having the biggest aha moment doing your workbook. I'm at the point of insights and the themes I cannot believe that I haven't seen it as clearly as I can see it right now. She said, it's so freeing to be able to just go, oh my God, that's what I like. That's who I am. That's why. And I just wanted to say, thank you. I am astounded. Working with you has just been incredible. We're so early on in the piece, but I am just so excited. And I just wanted to say thank you. It's going really, really well. Because I've been so fully booked with private clients for the last six months and because not everyone can afford private coaching rates, my intention for this Find Your Spark program was to create a ridiculously powerful short yet affordable self-paced online course so that I can get this magic content out to as many people as possible so that you, you can start activating your inner spark, your inner fire and your purpose work and bring your biggest, boldest, most fullest life out into the world right now, right now. This is all the best stuff that I've learned over the last 12 plus years in my own self-growth journey, as well as in my psychology degree and my coaching qualifications and the millions of books and podcasts that I've absorbed over the time. I've been exactly where you are right now. And this course is all the things that I just wish that I'd known to help me create my dream career, to shift and expand my mindset and bring this life to me faster. It is deeply rooted in science with just a dash of spirituality. This is for you. This is your time. You deserve this. And if you're feeling just a little bit scared and feeling like not yet, what if is this for me? I just want to say, just remember, this is simply a course. It's a course about discovery and self-awareness. It's not telling you that you have to do anything or change anything. This is the discovery process. What you do with that discovery is up to you. There's no pressure here. There is no pressure here. You can take it or leave it. Once you've discovered your inner spark, I feel like I know what would happen, but that bit is up to you. It's just little baby steps. You know, baby steps is how I live my life whenever I feel that fear. Because remember, your needs are important in this life. You matter, your desires matter, your life matters, what you really want matters, and you deserve a big life. You deserve to connect with the truest, fullest essence of this life experience that you're entitled to. You don't have to play it safe and small. This is your time and your journey starts now. I'm going to leave the link to jump onto the course in the description of the show notes below. I know that you are just going to absolutely froth on this course. 
all of the feedback is always just absolutely blossoming and it could change the trajectory of your life forever. It'll connect you to your fire, your spark and your essence. And I just know the journey there is going to be one of just eyes being opened, aha moments and realizations. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon.